0: to the Valley Labor Report with David Storey and Jacob Morrison. The time has come for America
1: to hear the truth.
2: We ought to stand with them, and not only are we going to fight for their rights,
0: we're
3: going to stand up for our rights here, in our state, in our homes, and in our is not going to be decided in the courts. It's not going to be decided in Congress. It's not going to be decided on talk radio, and it's sure it is not going to be decided on Fox News. Solidarity forever! Solidarity forever.
0: This is the Valley Labor Report. My name is Jacob Morrison, here with my co-host and fellow agitator, David Storey. It is Saturday, September 19th, 2020, and we're broadcasting live online and on the radio on WVNN in the Huntsville, Decatur, Athens listening area from Athens, Alabama. A recording of this program will play tomorrow, Sunday, September 20th, 2020, on the Great WGOL in Russellville, Alabama. Today, we are talking to U.S. Senator from the great state of Alabama, Doug Jones. A recent study found that union nursing homes had 30% lower COVID fatality rates, showing that non-union workplaces are a public safety risk. We'll take calls and more on today's Valley Labor Report. Thanks for tuning in, folks. Uh, We appreciate your time. If you want to see what we're up to throughout the week, get our snide quips about the news of the day. Then you should follow us on social media. Uh, We're on Facebook at facebook.com/slash Valley Labor Report. We're on Twitter at labor reporters. I'm on Twitter at Jacob M underscore A L. David is on Twitter at Radical Unionist. That's spelled R A. DiCL Unionist. If you missed part of the show and want to go back and watch it later, you can search YouTube for the Valley Labor Report and subscribe to our channel. Uh, you can go back and watch the full show there and we also clip segments throughout the week. And we upload the program on more than 11 different podcasting apps. So to see if we are on your listening platform of choice, you can go to the Valley Labor Report.transistor dot fm slash subscribe and finally if you appreciate our work and want to help us stay on the air then consider throwing us a couple dollars a month on patreon.com slash the valley labor report good morning brother good morning good morning glad to be here uh... looking forward to talking to the senator uh... we're just waiting for him to zoom in uh... we're gonna be talking to him about uh... you know everybody I'm um, surely everybody that's listening to this show knows that uh, Supreme Court justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg died last night um, so we will ask him briefly for comments on that uh, we want to talk to him something that I, I'm really interested in I hope we have time to and I hope we're able to spend most of the time on this um, on his record because there's a lot of there's a lot of just silliness uh about people like uh, around conversations about Doug Jones. They will say that he is a radical communist in the vein of Bernie Sanders, who is not even a radical communist. Um, They will say uh, that he does nothing to help people in Alabama. And like both of these things – are just, they're just, it's just silly, right? He, it's, it's nothing but dog whistles. It's uh, well, just terrible, yeah. the way they portray. And I mean, look, folks, like, I am not, you know, I think people that n- listen to the program know that w- both of us are pretty far left, and so we're good judges. <laughs> when, <laughs> when, you know, it takes one to know one, right? Like, you've got two uh, pretty left-wing folks here. And we're telling you, like Doug Jones is not like not nearly as far left as we are, and there are multiple votes that that I have disagreed with him on. But um, but he has done uh, really good things for the people of Alabama, like genuinely good things, and he he has worked really hard for the people of Alabama as a freshman senator, uh, as a Democrat in a Republican-led Senate. He has co-sponsored 17 bills that were signed by the president, like, as a Democrat in a Republican-controlled Senate and as a freshman senator. Like, that's not, that's not a thing that happens. But um, Senator, uh, the, the senator is on the line now. We've got him uh, on the Zoom call. So, uh, Senator Doug Jones, we appreciate you taking your time to talk to us today.
4: Hey, not a pleasure. It's my pleasure, guys. It's just kind of a crazy time right now, but thanks for making the time for me today. I really appreciate it. Hope all is doing well.
0: Uh, well, things are going as well as they could be, I suppose, um, and, and we, we really appreciate you taking your time. So first, I think that we're the first media appearance that you've done since, um, uh, since Justice Ginsburg's death. So could you just, do you have, is there anything that you'd like to say around her death and around um, McConnell's statement that he put out only an hour after her death? Well, I think
4: McConnell's statement was incredibly disrespectful, but, you know, Mitch McConnell is pretty disrespectful of people. He's -hmm. pretty disrespectful of uh, labor. He's pretty disrespectful of the Constitution, so I can't say that I'm too surprised about that. What I can tell you is that I think we ought to really step back a moment and celebrate the life and legacy of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She was a remarkable human being. She was a remarkable justice. She was a remarkable woman. She was a remarkable citizen. She truly believed in the rule of law. She truly believed in equality for all. Uh, and her, she is going to be missed in many, many ways, not just simply because of the political nature that we've now seen with regard to Supreme Court nominations. Her voice, her determination, her passion uh, is going to be missed. That's what we need more of, because regardless of her judicial philosophy, her ju- political beliefs, she has such respect for people uh, and and for those that... Um, disagreed with her. I mean, her best friend was Anton Scalia, and you couldn't get more ideologically different. But that is the kind of voice that we need in this country so bad. We don't need voices that are going to stoke division and hatred, just like, quite frankly, that Mitch McConnell did by perfunctorily giving credit for Justice Ginsburg and then immediately going into a partisan corner. Uh, it's just unfortunate, but I think we need to stay, take a little bit of time to celebrate the life and legacy
0: of this amazing woman. Sure. And his statement did not surprise me, but I was ge- I was genuinely shocked at just the inhumanity of saying that just hours after she died. Like, that that genuinely shocked me. It does not shock me that... Uh, McConnell is a ruthless political actor that will do everything that he can to maintain his power and the power of those that he thinks aligns with him and and put down working people but it did it did shock me the speed with which he he was willing to do that uh, that, that it, did, it did me as well he,
4: it, he didn't say anything he has not said before right. so it didn't really need to be said at all no. I mean good grief I mean just let's just have a little respect uh, for people and their life and legacy before immediately making this a political issue. You know, guys, I'm going to tell you, and I'll, I'll have more to say after, you know, I'm sure we get back up there on Monday. Mm-hmm. But the fact is, I am, it, we're in a really different place in this country when the United States Supreme Court has become such a partisan political battle. It was never set up to be that way. It was supposed to be a somewhat independent body. And, and the Senate was to vote, supposed to give advice and consent. Advice first and then consent if, 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 if uh, appropriate. We've gotten this to where the Supreme Court is simply an election. 100 people
0: elect, and that's all it is, is a pure election. And that is, that is really a tragedy for the American people and the American Constitution. Certainly, so um, uh, uh, if some, you know there's a lot of, there's a lot of, of talk around um, your, uh, your career in the Senate. People think that you are uh, on this station, people brand you as like a radical communist. they also say that you do nothing, and both of these things, I think are really silly, so I'd, I'd like to give you just a little bit of space to kind of respond to those and give us give us an overview of like what are the things that you are most proud of that you have been able to accomplish for working people in Alabama during your time in the Senate, and then um, my co-host uh, David, he, he has a, a couple of questions about some specific things that, that he wanted to know, but if, if you could just respond to the, the general tenor of the conversation around your career and and your response to that. Yeah, well,
4: let me say first of all, and again, Alabama used to have a pretty independent voice, and then the Democratic Party kind of left Alabama. We're coming back now with ideas and making sure folks understand how uh, how Democrats in Alabama really respond to the needs of people, which is what I've done in the last two and a half years. That's on health care, it's on jobs, it's the economy. It's helping folks up in that Tennessee Valley area build a strong military and strong national defense. But here's a couple of things I want folks to think about. When they, when they hear this, they just are looking at labels and they're looking at talking points, and they're not looking at a record. For instance, those people say I'm a socialist or communist. Did he know that the United States Chamber of Commerce gave me an award for bipartisanship and for protection of the free enterprise system? I mean, I was one of two senators, only two, to get both of those awards. And that the last time I checked, guys, the United States Chamber of Commerce is not a communist or socialist um, group. It's a pretty <laughs> conservative, business related, which is important. Business is important for labor and labor is important for business. That's the first thing that I would say. The second thing I wanna point out is this. And we did these numbers yesterday. I have voted with Senator Shelby almost exactly the same amount as I have voted with Senator Schumer. I mean, the difference of some over close to 500 votes, the difference is only like seven votes in which I have voted with Senator Shelby just over 67% of the time, Senator Schumer just over 67% of the time. Mm-hmm. That is hardly a puppet for anybody. That is somebody that votes independently for the people of the state of Alabama. So I'm very proud of the record. If you look, 21 bills is pretty remarkable, as you said. And I, I'm very proud of that as, a, mm-hmm. as somebody that... And a party that doesn't control the Senate, that doesn't control the White House. Mm-hmm. I don't even think Jeff Sessions had 21 bills his entire 19 years in the United States Senate. Right. So we've senator And there are uh, votes for small businesses. their are votes for farmers. There are bills that, that we pass for health care. You know, you, you mentioned one of the greatest things, that uh, the thing that makes me the proudest. It is probably the elimination what was known as the military widow's tax. it is a. a it, it demonstrates my support for veterans because for 30 years, military widows, gold star widows of, of service members who died as a result of a service-related injury or death were denied benefits. The Department of Defense and VA combined and offset their two pools of of benefits one of which they had paid for out of their own money so they only were getting about 55 percent of what they were due, what this country owed to them and what they had paid for it was the number one priority for veterans no one thought we could do it because it cost money to do it and doggone it last year my office and myself we set out on a mission we, we, we set out on a mission, and we worked so hard. We ended up getting close to 80 co-sponsors in the Senate. We passed it as part of the NDAA. And i got to tell you guys, one of the most rewarding days I will ever have was voting on that in the United States Senate with about 30 of those widows sitting up in that balcony. It was an emotional day.
0: Right. Right. Uh, okay, we just... You you, get, uh, you did perfect. Uh, you uh, uh, cut off uh, right right before the uh, right before the break. So we're gonna be um, uh, we're gonna be coming on uh, here in just a couple seconds. We're in a break. No, we're actually not in a break. I
2: I, I stopped the break so we could uh, continue. <laughs> a <sentence>. Oh okay, <laughs> Senator Jones, because we've only got about two more minutes. Senator, I'll be real quick. I certainly appreciate you coming on and speaking to the working folks, Alabama. Uh, it, I would be remiss if I didn't ask. I've got a lot of members uh, in the machinist union that work in the airline industry and we thank you greatly for helping uh, you know get some of them uh, some subsidies into the uh, airline industry that helped keep those working people employed not only keeping those working people employed but keeping the airline industry functioning which is an extremely important part of the econo- economy of, the, of America uh, and they kind of wanted to know is there do you do you hear any rumblings about how we're going to do on, the next, uh, on this next COVID response bill that may be coming up.
4: Well, there's a lot of talk about this. I, I can't tell you, and I think the, the Ginsburg death has really thrown a political a monkey wrench into everything right now, uh, so we don't know. I'm hoping that we can still get, we're working on a package that would include some relief for the airline industry to help these machinists, because uh, I think that that's really important. Um, it's really going to depend on McConnell and whether or not he and the Trump administration will move any at all. What they put out right now is just totally inadequate. It doesn't cover any of the folks in Alabama, or doesn't cover very much. We've got to protect those machinists for the airlines. We've got to protect uh, healthcare workers. We've got to protect city and county workers. There, you know, folks are getting laid off because our city and county governments are not getting anything. And so, the, I think there's a chance. But, you know, we're going to continue. I tried to get the Butch Lewis Act, which is protecting pensions, involved in there as well. And I'm still hoping that Mike can get it. I did want to give one quick shout out. I know you've got a lot of machinists out there. But i got to tell you, I was in South Alabama yesterday. And I went over to the uh, Alabama Power Company staging area to help those hurricane folks. And your IBEW people down there are doing a hell of a job too, guys. i got to tell you, they are working around the clock with passion, with professionalism, and I could not be prouder of the IBEW folks that are working late, getting up early, uh, and getting out there and getting people's powers restored because it's it's pretty bad down there.
2: Yep. Senator, it's uh, 950, and I know you've got uh, some other previous engagements to meet, so we wanted to thank you very much for coming on. Uh, thank you for your time and speaking to the people of Alabama, something that uh, we hope we can see a debate eventually between you and Tuberville and he won't keep yeah. running like a coward. But maybe, maybe that won't be the case. Maybe we can get you on with uh, him, but we certainly
0: appreciate your time.
4: Well, I'll, I'll come back on whether he does or not. Thank you, guys. I appreciate
0: it. All thank right. You. Thanks. I appreciate it. That was a U.S. senator from the great state of Alabama, Doug Jones, on the program. Uh, like I said, uh, when I was talking to him, we really appreciate him taking the time. And I did, um, I wanted to say, I, I forgot to mention this, but he was on the front lines of uh, fighting for the TVA workers, while the TVA, while everybody else was sleeping on that issue, um the TVA was trying to outsource 20% of its IT department. It was trying to um, put 20% of its IT department in the hands of foreign companies, foreign corporations uh, that take adva- that, like, use, um, I, I mean, indentured servitude almost to, for their labor take it out of the valley, which is what the TVA is supposed to do. The TVA is supposed to electrify the valley, and the TVA is supposed to be an economic boon for the valley, and while everybody else, while Tommy Tuberville, while Richard Shelby, while President Trump, while uh, most of the representatives from Alabama were not doing anything, they weren't saying anything, they weren't trying to make anything happen, Doug Jones was trying to work on this and so uh, you know that's another thing to keep in mind and we really appreciate him working on that uh, for tennessee valley workers Listening to the Valley Labor Report with David Story and Jacob Morrison.
2: The long-haired preachers come out every night. I try to tell you what's wrong and what's right. But when asked about something to eat, I they answer in voices
0: of so sweet. You Welcome back to the Valley Labor Report. We've got a short sections a short segment here uh before we go into the break uh for the top of the hour news so uh folks if you want to call in talk to us on the other side of the break talk to us about uh Ginsburg's death talk to us about uh doug jones anything else feel free to give us a call at one 1- 866-494-9866. thats is 1-866-494-WVNN. So, and, and so here's something,
2: because I, we were cut so short on Jones's, uh, not really interview, but we appreciate yeah. him coming on, but we were cut so short. It was something that I wanted to point out. They come out in the media last week, and I think that it's important for the listeners to hear what his opponent is saying, oh, yeah. you know, and, and you know... <laughs> Jones has really uh, done a wonderful job with the marginalized and minority communities in the state of Alabama. And the, it really speaks to his opponent's idea of policy and just general education uh, with what he's saying. But here's a quote from uh, Mr. Tuberville. Uh, it was in at Birmingham, Alabama at the Sunrise Rotary Club. And they asked him about the Voting Rights Act of 1965, which, it, I mean, in Alabama, if, there, if there's anywhere else in the, in the nation that we should know about that, it's in Alabama. Right. And, and his reply was, I quote, you know, the thing about the Voting Rights Act, it's, you know, there's a lot of different things you can look at it as. You know, who's it going to help? What direction do we need to go with it? I think it's important that everything we do, we keep secure, we keep an eye on it. It's run by the government, and it's run to, to the point that we, it's got structure to it. It's like education, I mean. It's got, these, it's got to have structure. Now, for some reason, we look at things to change, to think we're gonna make it better, but we better do a lot of work on it before we make a change. And that's the end quote. I, I'm flabbergasted. Doesn't,
0: I'm he doesn't. Flabbergasted. He doesn't know anything. This man is a fool. He doesn't. He doesn't even know what the voting. If 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 in, in, if instead they had asked the question, what does the Voting Rights Act do? He, oh, it would have been. It would have been. It would have been worse. It would have been even it worse. Because he clearly doesn't even know what it does. He clearly doesn't even know what it does, and he was just trying to BS his way through an answer. And that's why we can't get debates in Alabama because they don't know policy.
2: All they know is I'm a Republican. That's it. That's it. Folks, you're listening to the Valley Labor Report. We'll be right back after this commercial break.
0: My name is Jacob Morrison, here with my co-host and fellow agitator, David Story. If you want to talk to us, you can give us a call at one 494 That one 1-866-494-9866. Uh, we were talking about uh, Tupperville before we left, and um, and his, his um, comments on the Voting Rights Act. And just... Just to kind of back, because, you know, people generally kind of know what the Voting Rights Act did, but they, um, a lot of folks don't know that it was struck down by conservative activist judges that uh, in Scalia's opinion, I believe it was Scalia that wrote this, in Scalia's opinion, he did not have constitutional objections to the Voting Rights Act. He said that um, the Senate would, or or, or Congress would never, like, have the like that it was not necessary anymore, and the Congress would never have the guts to repeal it, and so they were going to do it because it it like was no longer needed. It was not because this is clearly constitutional. It's clearly constitutional that the government uh, should ensure that people do not have their uh, right to vote violated by um, local uh, st- local and state political officials exactly. which happened and is happening which is happening now on this station constantly people say that voter suppression is a myth and it's just foolish it's 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 a silly thing to say because um well we're shutting
2: look, down polling places in minority voting districts. Exactly. There's some issue there.
0: Exactly. Think about all the places in Georgia, and Alabama, and Mississippi that uh, polling places have shut down or have not opened new polling places, and then think about the demographic demographic makeup of that. So during the primary, I saw um, I, I saw long lines. Like, incre- I, I, incredibly long lines to vote. Uh, and everybody in that line was a minority. All, like, I think maybe I saw one, one white person in this line. So clearly, this is a majority-minority polling precinct. I have never in my life, I have voted every single election that I have been eligible for. That's like six or seven or eight or nine, okay? I have never in my life waited more than 15 minutes dude, to
2: vote. Dude, I've been I've been voting in the country most of my adult life, and I've never waited. Yeah. Never waited. Ever.
0: I have never waited more than 15 minutes, and I'll give you a guess as to the demographic makeup of the precincts that I'm in, okay? And, uh... It's, it's lunacy to say that this is not intentional. And, and it's not as bad, incredibly, it's not as bad in Alabama as it is in Georgia. Georgia has, it's been insane. The, there are people that in the primary waited for, I believe, up to eight hours to vote. And if you don't think that has an effect on the people that are willing to sit in line for eight hours, you're you're lying. You're lying to me. I don't believe you. I don't believe the people that say that waiting in line for eight hours has no effect on the willingness of citizens to vote. I don't believe you. Okay? If you're saying that, I don't believe you. And It's the just the the gall to be able to to be a public figure and lie so brazenly is amazing to me. Yeah, and well, and here's the thing, Jacob. And Tommy Tuberville doesn't know a thing about it.
2: Yeah, and that's kind of the point that I was about to make. Is I I don't think it's the fact that Tuberville really uh, is against the voting rights act of 1965. I don't think it's the fact that he would would like to go in and repeal the voting rights act of 60, 1965. I think it's just the simple fact that he's ignorant. I mean and that's that's a hard thing to say that well, we have somebody running for senator of the uh, of our state that <coughs> is just and, and in, the, in today's society, mm-hmm. it's willful ignorance. Yeah. Because there's enough information out there, you are got to research it. But the fact is, why research anything? Why put out any policy? Why schedule right. a debate with Senator right. Jones? Because I think the R next to my name mm-hmm. is the only thing that I need to win. And, and, right. and it is my opinion— that the people of Alabama deserve to hear someone at- articulate mm. the policy that they are going to support when they get in office.
0: Right. You know, um, the question comes up a lot, <laughs> is it stupidity or, or is it evil, right? <laughs> is, it, is it ignorance or is it uh, um, um, malevolence? And I think for a lot of these people the answer is yes. You know Are they stupid or evil? Yes, is yeah. the answer. Um, like he, doesn't, he obviously doesn't know anything about the Voting Rights Act, but he knows that uh, he, he has to know enough that it helps him and it hurts minorities and, and, and the ability for minorities to make their voices heard. That's, and that's all he needs to know. That's all that's all that he needs to know um, and uh, I, I mean it's stupid or evil the answer is yes well they know for a fact that you know the last the last
2: numerous presidential elections including this previous one if you go by a democratic vote that that the Republicans never win they can't yeah. win
0: Republicans have won the popular vote um, one once. time one time. time in the past like 35 years so they they, they know <laughs> yeah, for one they, can't they need win. to
2: prop up uh, the electoral the electoral college and for right. two they need to suppress democratic votes because, right. because that's the only way they win they right. they don't support
0: working class people in this state right. or in this country well speaking of speaking of voting um Especially with Ginsburg's death. Like, I'm genuinely worried about a repeat of the 2000 election where um, not only the winner of the popular vote, but the winner of the electoral college did not become the president of the United States. And um, I'm worried about something worse happening um, because, I mean, what, what, what's going to happen is you're going to have all these places with mail-in ballots and... Uh, the Republicans are going to try to stop them from being counted. And they're going to delay the count, or they're going to just throw all these ballots away. And it's going to go to their state Supreme Courts, which are all run by conservatives or by Republicans. And then the uh, the United States Supreme Court is probably just not going to hear these cases, and it's going to stick with stay with the state Supreme Court decision. And we're going to end up in a scenario again, like in 2000, where... Uh, Trump is not... Uh, Trump is obviously not going to win the popular vote. Like that, That is baked into the cake. He could potentially win the electoral vote, but he could still come out president again after losing the electoral college or after losing uh, the votes that would get him the electoral college because... Republicans are just they're just gonna be we're
2: gonna be counting chads in Florida. Yeah, that what you're telling me Or um, they're they're just not
0: gonna count mail-in ballots or they're gonna try not to count mail-in ballots Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna call
2: the I'm not gonna call uh, You know The fire pull the fire alarm quite yet on stuff like that because I I believe that maybe That we still do have some uh, elected officials with integrity uh, across the nation um, but they're they're fastly dwindling. They're I, fastly dwindling. I don't know.
0: I don't know. I'm 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 genuinely worried about it. Um, well organize. And, yeah, yeah. Organize. organize right. We we'll go back to the same <laughs> thing we always say, organize. Yeah. And, and and you know, like and the reason that I'm worried about it is because of like the ruthlessness of Mitch McConnell and like his bloodthirsty power grabbing uh, in the wake of, of Ginsburg's death. Um, I've never seen my, nothing like that. I, I that never was amazing to, to see that
2: happen within so one hour of yeah. of the death being announced. It's sickening really. It, it's it, sickening it, yeah. when
0: politics overrides your basic humanity. I mean yeah, that 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 was wild. Um, so when we come back we we're gonna talk about the study that found That We're going to switch gears uh, and talk about the study that found that nursing homes that had a union had a 30% lower COVID-19 fatality rate than non-union nursing homes. No kidding. No kidding. Non-union workplaces are a public safety risk. We'll talk about that on the other side. you're listening to the valley labor report with david story and jacob morrison let's go folks welcome back to the valley labor report my name is Jacob Morrison. I'm here with my co-host David Story. We have been talking, uh, we talked to Doug Jones earlier in the show. We talked about Tommy Tupperville. We talked about the Voting Rights Act. Now, coming back to our bread and butter, we're talking about unions, okay? And when I saw this, I was really happy. I was not surprised, but I was really happy. And so what this is, is a study out of the Uh, health affairs journal. It's an academic journal about health affairs. And what it found is that more than 40% of all reported coronavirus cases, or deaths, came out of nursing homes, right? This has been known for a while, a lot, like a really disproportionate amount of deaths have come out of nursing homes. Uh, Part of the reason for that is, of course, because nursing homes house old people, older people, and older people are more susceptible to the virus, right? Um, They're held captive. Yeah, held captive. I mean, it's basically a prison for old folks. Yeah, yeah. So, um, <laughs> but um, uh, but what this study found is that um, in nursing homes where the healthcare workers had unions. There was a 30% relative decrease in COVID-19 mortality rates compared to facilities without health care worker unions. Additionally, there was a 40% decrease in coronavirus cases in nursing homes with um, health care worker unions. And so what this does is it shows that, which is something that anybody in a union knows this already. Yeah. Anybody that's listening to this show knows this already. But unions, we, folks, we don't just fight for our members, okay? We fight for our members. We fight like hell for our members, okay? And we deserve deserve to have people fighting for us, okay? Working people deserve advocates, and working people deserve to be able to be their own advocates. We deserve higher wages, better working conditions, better health care, better benefits, more time off, okay? These are things that working people deserve. But Unions are also fighting for our communities. We're fighting for the people that we serve. Because especially in these like service industries like healthcare, this is not just a job to them. This is like they want to be able to do their job well. And so in places like um, in, the, in the hospitals up in Pennsylvania where we talk to those uh, union nurses and in nursing homes where uh, they have unions, the union allows the workers to have a voice on the job and it allows them to uh, do their job better because they can get their boss out of their way. I mean, because like, like, you know, anybody that's been working for any amount of time has had a situation where their management got in the way and, and they were telling them to do something that you knew was going to screw up the job, that you knew it was going to take longer, it wasn't going to be as efficient. And when you're in a union, you get to dictate more of the terms of your employment. You get to uh, bargain over um, PPE, you like in nursing homes where there was unions, there was greater access to PPE, which is one mechanism that may link unions to lower COVID-19 mortality rates, and this helps the people that they serve. I mean, you know, it, 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 it's a, it's amazing what giving workers a democratic voice on the job can do, not only for themselves, but for their communities.
2: It's a simple fact that CEOs, CFOs, administrators, managers are constantly trying to cut resources in an effort to increase profits i mean that's a simple fact Mm -hmm. so we we know that when there's a union in place to bargain over those resources, mm-hmm. that you're going to have a greater increase in safety. I mean, not not only the resources to the PPB, but I guarantee you they've got a safety committee as well that's, that's mm-hmm. investigating any uh, claims by by union members that are pointed out to be unsafe. And mm-hmm. they get to go to the table and negotiate this as a union, as a group of right. workers. They don't have to just sit there and, be, and, and do what they've been told to do. You know, that's the great thing about unions in general. It's not surprising at all. I'm surprised that you came up with that article. I'm surprised that somebody came out with one so quick, but I think mm-hmm. that's, that. you know, it, it it lends to everything that we've been saying the, the past several months. Absolutely,
0: absolutely. Um, And, and it, it, I mean, it is like, it's not surprising, but it's amazing. Like, 30%... L- A a relative decrease in uh, COVID-19 mortality rate of 30%, like that's a lot. That is not an that is not an insignificant amount of of uh, of better service for uh, the people that they're serving. I mean that's that's like, I mean that's lives. That's we're talking about people's literally people's lives being on the line and unions fighting for people's lives. Like. That, I mean, that's that's amazing. Hey, Jay, we got uh, Kareem out of Huntsville on the
2: line. He didn't say what he wanted to talk about, but we got about four, three and a half minutes left. Welcome
1: Okay, here, Kareem. What you got, brother? You know, I, I agree with you guys totally. The uh, the only problem is that the Republicans have managed to convince a lot of poor white people throughout this country that it's a sin for them to have health care or it's a right. sin for them to have any kind of Help from the outside. They they keep telling them, you know, put yourself up by your bootstraps. Meanwhile, I don't see them benefiting them in any way. They've been voting Republican for the last fifty, sixty years, and all they do is get jerked. It seems like they say, "Well, at least I'm not black." that's well, the only thing they have to deal with, well, they, you know. Let let let's clarify one thing. They
2: the majority. Of Alabama hasn't been voting with Republicans for the past fifty or sixty years. Now they've been voting with Republicans since roughly around two thousand. But prior to two thousand, Alabama was a solid Democratic state. But the Republicans ran such a great game, making everyone think, you know, the poor folks out in the rural areas that they they could better themselves by voting for them. That that I mean, they it, they done a lot of yeah.
1: And it, and, it, and the sad part about it is that I see so many poor white guys, I mean, me myself, because I own a small business, and I hired maybe like five of them the other day, you mm-hmm. know, and they was willing to work for pennies, but I had to give them more money, because I had to let them know that they was worth it, that the work, they, the work that they was doing was worth it, yeah. you know? All, all, and, all <coughs> labor has dignity, exactly. Yeah. And exactly, that all them has dignity, and, and then they're doing good. Then they're doing good work at the same time, mm-hmm. but they are so convinced. And I think the Democrats is missing a prime opportunity. They really need to come out and talk to these folks and explain to them that they need health care. they need dental care, they need stuff like
0: that, so they can live. Not only you know, that they need it, not, so they can live. Not only that they need it, but they deserve it. They deserve it. They deserve it. Yeah, they it. The, the
2: the the Democrats and I the, I see some of them beginning to do that in some areas uh, with Hometown Action, one of the sponsors mm-hmm. that uh, of our show. They're beginning to reach out and to these rural areas and and help educate, and the same thing that we're trying to do, help educate uh, a lot of the yeah. blue collar working it's like class they, folks.
1: The only thing they it's like the only thing they do. Everybody want to reach out to the black community. A lot of us have made up our mind. We already know we're not going to Trump. Right. Okay, that's that's day one. But at the same time, they need to go to these people. They have, you know, just have community meetings with them. they got to change their minds. And I think if they're able to do some of that, we
0: won't have such a hard
1: time come November. I
0: yeah. think so. I think you're right. And I think that's why, like David said, um, that's why we want to do this show is to educate people. Because not only uh, do people like are people told that oh, you know, like, like like I was saying with Doug Jones, like Democrats are like radical communists or whatever, which is just a silly thing to say, uh, but they also don't know the power that they can have through organizing, through a union, and, you know, and and these are things that even more than voting for Democrats are going to help people uh, and so that's what we wanted, like we, we wanted, like, share the good news, you know, so to speak, of, of organizing and like what you can win if you fight with your brothers and sisters on the job and in your Community, um, and, and it's it's not even just voting for Democrats. It's not even primarily voting for Democrats. It, it's not that's not even the majority of what we talk about on the show. The majority of what we talk about is fighting with your uh, sisters and brothers on the job at the point of production, and because that's where you have the most power. Yeah, you have way more power from your labor than you do from your vote. And that's an important thing to keep in mind. Uh, This is the Valley Labor Report. If you want to talk to us, give us a call. 1-866-494-9866. We will be right back. You're listening to the Valley Labor Report with David Storey and Jacob Morrison. Alright like folks, welcome back to the Valley Labor Report. You are here this morning with myself, Jacob Morrison and my co-host David Story. We've been talking about uh, Doug Jones, Tommy Tuberville, the Senate election, uh, COVID nineteen in um, in nursing homes with and without unions. Um, Kareem just called in. Thanks for the call, Kareem. We hear you all the time on WVNN, so we appreciate you. We appreciate uh, you calling us. Uh, That was fun. It's nice to nice to have uh, folks calling in. Um, I I did want to say though. I just wanted to reiterate that point that I was making before we came off, uh, came into the break that um, like you can organize in a union and not even vote for Democrats like that like you have so much more power with your labor than you do with your vote that, Um, that's the thing that we really want to emphasize is organizing in your workplace, forming a union, fighting together with your brothers and sisters on the job for better working conditions. And when you organize a union, you don't have to wait for a politician. You don't have to rely on a politician. You don't have to rely on the good graces of your boss. You just have to believe that your labor is worth something and fight for it. That's it. That's all it takes. Most of David's members, in fact, are conservative or libertarian leaning, and David will fight like hell for them. He will fight tooth and nail for his members, and his members will fight for him. Right? It doesn't like like the bonds that you have with your brothers and sisters in a union transcend almost anything else. Okay, like. I don't care absolutely ulti- anything else. Yes, I mean absolutely anything. I don't else. care ultimately. I mean, I care. I do. I care who you vote for in November, and I'll tell it like. And I don't care to talk about that with you, but if you vote for Trump in November and you are a member of my union, you are in the labor movement. I will fight for you. And people that are in the labor movement that are gonna be voting for Trump in November, they're gonna be fighting for me. I think they're voting against their own interests when they vote for Republicans. And I think that's obvious. Republicans have made it clear that they do not think working people should have power in this country. They think it should be run by oligarchs and autocrats. That's obvious. But that takes education. That takes you have to that that's one of the reasons we're on the air, so we can educate people about that it's uh, how obvious it is that Republicans do not think that working people should have power in this country. But... Um Additionally, I've got some got, got a couple of housekeeping notes. We interviewed a couple weeks ago some members from the Machinist Union Local S6. They came out of the largest private sector strike in America in 2020. 4,300 workers walked off the job for nine weeks, I believe it was, for nine weeks, and won what they were looking for. Um... They got what they were looking for. They got. They protected their seniority. They they protected their uh, subcontracting, and uh, they also got three percent raises uh, over three years. Um, every year for over three years. So that was really uh, that was really amazing. We've got those interviews on Patreon right now. You can view those interviews. You can listen to those interviews right now if you are supporting us on Patreon. Uh, so go support us at patreon.com slash The Valley Labor Report. And uh, if you're not supporting us, that's fine. We want to make sure that all of our content is free in a week or so. Those uh, those interviews will be public. So uh, we just had a caller. Uh, David is going to read an ad for a restaurant that's advertising with us. Then we'll uh, then we'll talk to the caller. So David. yeah,
2: well, I don't know if it's reading the ad. I'm going to discuss the uh, Cana Restaurant over in Madison, Alabama. Uh, first generation American out of the Dominican Republic. Him and his family started the Cana Restaurant. He's catered to our work a couple of times and I can tell you the food is unbelievable Uh, it's it's kind of he's from the Dominican but it's kind of a fusion of Dominican uh, Caribbean uh, food but uh, it's at uh, 30,098 Andrea Lane in Madison Alabama which is just, just down from the The Publix over there on County Line Road. Uh, They got several combos that are unbelievably good. The stewed chicken, uh, fried plantains. Uh, They've got chicken uh, drumsticks, fried chicken drumsticks, chicken plantain sandwich. And and, uh, Tony said his favorite is the specialty dishes, which is a a sample platter plate. And uh, the sample platter plate consists of stewed chicken, pork, steak rice choices mango beans and salad choices so uh 10 10 bucks for for that combo plate with with chicken steak pork the whole nine yards i mean that's really a deal and that includes that includes uh uh your drink there so Stop by there and uh, give him a try. You'll be you'll be really impressed. And and he's working his tail off. You know, yeah. first generation American coming over here, working at the plant with us, working after work. You know, in his restaurant, he's living the American dream. Right, man. He's he's ecstatic, man. Yeah. He's really ecstatic and a great kid. Yeah. He's about yeah, I say kid. He's about your age. He's Is just he? Out and of he owns college. his own he's restaurant. About 23, 24, wow. He's about twenty three, twenty four, man. Wow. He's out there killing That's really himself. Cool. He's out there killing himself, and he's doing a good job. That's so really stop important. by Cotta Restaurant. All right. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we got a caller on the line, and um, I think it was Mark. Mark, right. how you doing, brother? Doing good. we uh, you
3: listening to your show. You know, but something I think is very dangerous. Uh, you know, to say the that these Republicans don't care for the working class is such a blanket, just statement because. I look at it like the, the problem that our country is having a lot is that everything has turned into kind of, I mean, use the phrase around here, Alabama-Auburn. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, you have an Alabama fan who looks at a guy like Kim Newton and thinks he's not a good player just because he played at Auburn or an Auburn fan and doesn't like Nick Saban, so Nick Saban's not a good coach. Mm-hmm. I think it's a dangerous statement to come out and say, you know, like Kareem earlier, and I hear him all the time. The different sure. shows, and right. it, you know, to go blatantly just one-sided like that on blanket statement to me is very dangerous. Because I don't believe the fact that Republicans are against the working class, but I have a lot billionaire CEOs that don't care about uh, their employees just as much
1: as you may say that there's a Republican
2: uh, head of a company or, or politician. I think I think you're absolutely right. I think you probably hit the nail on the head, and me and Jacob. Uh, believe it or not, have a lot of discussion about that uh, outside of the radio show. I'm not a big fan of Democrats or Republicans, but I think, and I'm not trying to speak for Jacob, but I'll speak from my perspective of, I lean towards what he, leans towards agreeing with what he said for the simple fact that uh, we were talking about right before the show. If you look at the Republicans, they refuse to even debate. They mm-hmm. refuse to even hold a debate on their own policies because they think that they're going to win. It's just an automatic. Right. And I think that's dangerous for democracy because it, it doesn't do justice to not only the Republican Party, but it doesn't do justice to the citizens to actually listen to, to for example, Tommy Tuberville. Mm-hmm. What, 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 is, what is your thoughts on policy besides, I'm going to get in there and support Trump, who may or may not get elected in another month? So Right. Well, I, I think I think that's the political environment as a whole. I mean, like right now,
3: I, I'm, I'm like you. I'm kind of sick of both parties. I can't believe that the, the two people that we're putting yeah. forward on either side is the best that our country has. It's yeah. um, yeah. terrible. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and I sit back and I, I think that they, they set up elections now based on what the other person has done wrong or what they don't think they can do versus what are they going to do. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with you that Democrats are, by and large, also not for, or, or they're not very good at supporting working people. But I think that the allegiances of the Republican Party are much more clear. Uh, you look at the priority of the Trump administration was getting those tax cuts for the wealthy, 80% of which went to uh, like multi-billionaires, you know, like that's not, this is not a party that prioritizes working people. Now, we can also say this about the Democrats. Look at their messaging bill uh, that passed the House for the second round of coronavirus relief. Uh, they voted to subsidize COBRA, which is the least efficient and most Uh, most expensive way to have health care in this country instead of trying to expand Medicaid or expand Medicare further. Okay, They are beholden to their their corporate corporate billionaire donors as well, but I believe, and I believe that recent history has shown that Democrats are more easily pushed to support working people because still in their um, party coalition are... Uh, work like our unions the labor movement people that have these priorities the the democratic party is a big tent party that has multiple different uh multiple different polls you've got this corporatist poll and you also have a a poll of uh organizations and 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 working people whereas the republican party is almost completely uh financially supported by oligarchs and that I mean, you know, and, and so that's that's where I come down on but the reason that we have the show and the reason that we emphasize unions and work and, and organizing at your workplace much more than we do partisan politics is because we believe that's more important. We believe that it is easier, more efficient and more and and you can get more gains by organizing in your workplace than you can by voting for a Democrat or Republican at the ballot box. Oh I, I, I
3: agree. I agree with you that on wholeheartedly. I think that you know, I think they're both the Democrats and the Republicans and just the political environment in general, there's so many people that it's, they're protecting themselves versus I, protecting us. So I
0: agree with you on that. And real quickly, though, I will say that I don't think that Doug Jones is primarily running a negative campaign. I disagree with him on a lot of things, on um, the Patriot Act, on the banking deregulation, but he's not. He's running a campaign on what he has done and what he wants to do.
2: Yeah, and That's I, not what Tupperville is running. No, if you listen to our show regularly, I think it, it goes without saying that we've probably been more critical of uh, Senator Doug Jones. And I know for certain that I've been extremely critical of Senator Doug Jones, uh, more than a lot of the Republicans uh, in office Uh just for the simple fact that I expect more out of him. Mm -hmm. And I've said it numerous times, Doug Jones is probably the strongest Republican candidate that we've got (laughs) in the state of Alabama. And that's the truth. I mean, most of his policies are uh, I mean, he was.
0: An, he, he got no work from the Chamber of Commerce. Yeah. I mean, you know, but
2: I like, do believe. I do believe. Regard and, and I and I. I said it when Toverville and uh, Sessions was running earlier in the primary. I, I supported Sessions one hundred percent because I do believe that Sessions was a better candidate mm-hmm. for the workers in Alabama. Right. And now that now that. That the that the Republicans have elected Tupperville, I believe Jones is going to be the the stronger candidate yeah. than uh, Tupperville.
0: I mean, and at least Jones, like he's got a theory of government, right? He he has things that he believes, and you can look at his record, you can look at his statements, and you can you can like assess that. Like you don't have that with Tupperville; he's just an empty, like. He's, he's just an empty politician he doesn't know anything and he's just repeating buzzwords and culture war nonsense hey mark we got about 10 more seconds right, thank you. Right. appreciate the call man thanks for listening yeah thanks for calling in I, I really appreciate it I love talking to people that's why you know that that's why we, we wanted to uh, to get on this station instead of like doing a podcast is because we want to meet Workers in Alabama, where they are, and where they are is conservative talk radio. Yeah, and I so. think you know,
2: and I think it does a good job because you know he's a reasonable caller. He, he made is. a reasonable yeah. point, and nobody got aggravated and no. shouted him down and talked over him. Yeah, you know, we, we appreciate the call, listen. brother. We got to start listening to people. Definitely, stay
0: tuned. You're, You're listening, listening to the labor, labor Report, report with, with David, David Story and Jada Morrison. Morrison. My name is Jacob Morrison. Here with my co-host David Story. Um, we just had a caller, uh, you know, you know, uh, uh, call in, and we were talking about kind of the political climate, and and we left off. You know, I was emphasizing that, you know, look, um, it's much more efficient, much more effective, and you can get a whole lot more by unionizing and just fighting for it directly right because you don't you don't have to wait for anything like all, you just gotta organize like you could start organizing to have better working conditions better wages better health care tomorrow Okay, the next time you see your co-workers, you can start talking about these issues. And um, I had a friend uh, text me and say, you know, that she felt like I uh, that, that I wasn't like hitting on like reproductive issues and like women's health issues being important for workers. And that's true. That's like that's encompassed in getting le- health care. That's a negotiable that, term. That's, a nego- and, and that, that's definitely encompassed. You know, It's important to uh, say that as a specific issue because that, that's incredibly important and it is, ins- it is essential for workers and that is just one more way that unions can help people and that way if you have a union and you have a powerful union in your workplace you're fighting for each other. You don't have to rely on the politicians on the government, on elections to make sure that you have reproductive health care, that you uh, that that you have uh, uh, the things that you need as a woman, like covered. You don't have to worry about the next election. It's it's in your contract. Yeah. It, that's a negotiable thing, and and so that's you know like if you've got a union, like if you have a union in your workplace that is powerful, uh, that you've got a lot of solidarity among your members, among your brothers and sisters. Like a lot of this political stuff is almost secondary even tertiary yeah you know to you yourself obviously it's important because it affects uh, the people in your community and unions play uh, you know unions fight in elections obviously and we send people out and we mobilize for politicians and we do that because it's important to fight for our community but for us like for our needs the the elections are like almost secondary or tertiary because we've already got them taken care of
2: Yeah, and I think that's probably the disconnect there is the fact that people don't understand that in a union, that's a negotiable Mm -hmm. item. And the fact that if you have a unionized workplace and if you are negotiating for those health care packages, you don't have to rely on the Supreme Court right. to overturn like they did with the Hobby Lobby case, like they did with the uh, sis- right. uh, Sisters of the Nuns. Little of Sisters the, of the Poor yeah. or something. So, you know, the fact is, I mean, how long does that take? They overturn it and, and then you're stuck. Mm-hmm. You're waiting on, yeah. God help us, yeah. another eight or ten uh, presidential cycles right. down the road to get uh, some a more left-leaning supreme justices on the in the courts and that's exactly what we're saying maybe we don't maybe we don't word it well enough but the right. fact is when you fight as a union you're not reliant you're not beholden on the government to provide you with benefits yeah everything's on the table yeah I don't I mean i yeah, I don't know what to say other than yeah, that. yeah, yeah. That's the whole point that we're trying to make mm-hmm. every week, and maybe we're not, maybe we're not being detailed enough. Maybe we should talk more about these are the rights that you will have right. that you demand, right. that you demand in your workplace, not hoping that some some politician being funded by big pharma or healthcare mm-hmm. industry is going to to do for you.
0: Yeah, and it it's so like. Um, it's so relieving to have that kind of autonomy that you know that you're not going to have to rely, like your health care, your reproductive rights is not dependent on the next election like
2: lord have mercy i mean can you imagine it, yeah
0: that's a that's a scary place for people to be in and then i don't know that that's uh, yeah. the problem
2: I, I mean i've worked i've worked union my whole life right. so i don't know i don't understand that is a, i could i mean I, I don't get it i've never had right. to work in the service industry as a waiter or a waitress or 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 one of these other locations and mm-hmm. and wonder am i gonna are they gonna do away with iud's on right. the next one or something another or like right. this you know i it's, yeah. it's 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 a terrible place, it's and a, that's why we're preaching. Right. We can help you.
0: Right. We yeah. can help you, and you can help yourself more than anything. Right. I mean, that's all we would do. That's all we would do is help you to help yourself. We we can't like we can't come in there and like wave a magic wand after going into your workplace and boom, you've got a union. Right. All we can do is educate you about how you can help yourself.
2: Yeah. And, and give you the we, infrastructure,
0: and give you the infrastructure, and like connect you to the people that can that can walk you through the process, and uh, uh, and and you know, bring you into a system of support where you've got people that are trying to help you, uh, not only win a union, but win gains after you get a union, and stand with you week to week to week. Yeah, I mean that is like the most
2: like you talked about earlier. In, in my workplace is, is predominantly right-wing Republican mm-hmm. libertarian style. But just like you said, regardless of political affiliations, we all stand together and support each other. When, mm-hmm. when somebody goes out, you you know we're, we are, we're working with them to make sure they get everything that they need mm-hmm. and that's something that you don't get in any right. other workplace environment. Maybe you've got some friends but not the whole co- cohesive, Unit, you know mm-hmm. the solidarity that you build there. Yeah. You don't get that in a normal workplace. No. I mean, how many people work over at AFGE? Oh, thousands. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so you don't have the ability to uh, do some mutual aid with somebody that you've never, never met over mm-hmm. on the other side of the arsenal, unless that union is providing right. that buffer between those employees and saying, hey. Guess what? At this union meeting, so-and-so was sick last month. We need to help them out any way we can.
0: Yeah, well, you told me um, a couple of years ago at the uh, AFL-CIO convention you were talking about uh, your machinist convention that happened a couple days prior, and how this uh, this man was like new to the union, and he like got up and was talking about how much the union means to him and his family, and how yeah. like, and you said like he was brought to tears, and this is you oh, know just about the whole room was brought to yeah, tears.
2: like, and because I guess you rem- don't you don't recognize what? it. It's become so old hat that mm-hmm. this is just what we do. You don't right? recognize it until somebody comes out and says thank you for what you're doing. Right. And that's when it spurs that,
0: Mm -hmm. yeah, I guess you're right. I mean, it just, it's it becomes second nature. Yeah. I mean, solidarity, love, respect, um, support, that is second nature in a union. That's just what you do. It's like, I mean, you know, I make the comparison to churches a lot. I don't, you know, I only know the church environment that I came up in, but there was a lot of love and support and and solidarity between the people in that congregation that, I have on, the only other organization that I've seen even come close to that kind of uh, that kind of interconnectedness is a union, um, and, and you know, like I think that's missing. Like a lot of people, especially as we're in a more secular age where a lot of people don't go to church as much anymore, like they don't. They just don't have these communities that they can count on for support. And, and, and like, they're
2: certainly not getting it in, in the political sphere. Yeah, and they're we're telling you,
0: there. you can get it from the labor movement. The labor movement, you will have millions of people that are willing to fight for you day in and day out. Join a union and tune in again next week to the Valley Labor Report. Thanks.